Welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here, Sailor Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Blue Guys. Check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, everywhere else, is including Nets Daily. Uh, Brian. Hey, Mikey. Some fun Come basketball. On, some fun basketball, bro, guy. Fun, yeah. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we that they make me pull my hair out, but, you know, I guess that's what you want, ultimately. I mean, if we're at eight wins, you want to be pulling your hair out for with excitement towards the end of any game. So what, what more can you really be asking for at this point? Um, so what we'll do today is we'll go through uh, a little bit of a season recap, in a way, of a, a format that I created that... We'll see if it works out as the way I dreamed. Um, and we have news around the league. But first, I mean, so we kind of spoke about this already, but we've had, well, we started off the last time we did the pod, we had not talked about our Warriors experience. So we saw the Warriors, <laughs> which is great. We, we, uh, we tied one on after that game. Like, yeah, I, I, I felt it for two days. For, well, me so, too. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. We we stole pizza too. He ran out of the pizza place like monkeys with stolen pizza. But we didn't even steal. I mean, we, we didn't even run out. It was a simple... So I'm not going to name the pizza place because I don't want to get the NYPD on us. Yeah. But we went to get pizza late night after the Warriors game and they demanded cash and I yeah. said I didn't have cash so then I went to the, go to the ATM in the store and I turned around and under the state I was in, I, I guess I just didn't think it was of pressing need. The guy didn't seem to care that I had money yeah. for him. Yeah. So no, I, he he didn't like you at all. You were no, you, I was being, I was <laughs> you being, were complaining about how expensive the pizza was, and he was like, "I want you out of." Here. I think I think it was mercifully he didn't want to talk to you anymore. He didn't have any more to do with you. So it was like, yeah. So dude, in our minds, we stole it, but in reality, he was like, "Just please leave." If that gets me free pizza just by being adversarial, <laughs> then I'll do it all day long. And it was justifiably, again, I'm not going to name the pizza place, but, uh, it was, uh, unbelievably expensive for Here, two slices and a, a can of cola. Here's the instant karma though. Uh, super hot. Burn the, burn the S out of my mouth. Let me tell you. Yeah. Instantly. You, you took and the brunt of karma. I did not. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I don't even really remember the slice, but I just remember we were on the subway back and I was talking to whatever the other guy was in the subway, which is, no one, no one wants to be on the other end of that situation. No one yeah. wants to be the one guy sitting next to the two drunk oh, jackasses eating, eating really smelly pizza. It was very, uh, it was yeah. We can't, we can't name it, but I'm sure everybody knows that it's, it's got a lot of, uh, it's got artichokes on it. Ooh, <laughs> dropping hands, <laughs> dropping hands. Like, um, but so, have you taken that skill set of being so annoying that people don't want to do business with you and give you things for free to your used car uh, purchases? No, no. Okay, yeah. well we can you get into talk this. About that. Uh, yeah, so my car that I use broke down, and I am in the process of getting a new car, which is a horrible process. Horrible, just awful in every way, because I am, I'm not a haggler, even though, you know, I just don't, I don't have it in me. I don't, I like, I'll accept face value. Whatever the guy says to me, I'm like, oh yeah, that that's probably true. Whatever it is, just like, oh, it's still on the boat in Turkey. It'll be here in three months. I'm like, oh, fine. You know, whatever yeah. you want, man. Uh, it's been, it's been bad. I went to, I went, I went from Chelsea to Bay Ridge to the west side of Manhattan, back to Bay Ridge, back to Chelsea and all in one day. What are you getting up to? Are you running drugs these days? What's going on? Dude, it was a big time. Anyways. Um, yeah. So Warriors game was fun. The Nets were competitive. The, what was the next game? Is that the Hornets game that, that, that the Nets? Yes. Or no, or, or was it Cleveland? I forget which were Cleveland. Oh, the Cleveland. The Cleveland one was was um, un, unwatchable disaster. Did and, you? Did you? How much of that could you withstand? So that's the thing, and I'll get to this in our in our uh, sort of season review segment. Is that whenever this thing just goes bad, I turn it off. I'm not. I'm not going to sit. <laughs> I'm not going to sit through uh, four quarters of just blowout. If it's blowout, I'm leaving. So in my memories, I'm not seeing. How awful it continues to be. I only see the Hornets game or the Bulls game or that Warriors game where it was competitive, you know, what, two and a half quarters. That was a very weird game, that Warriors game we went to. It was we like the 
both halves of so being in the audience there it was interesting because i think there was a stunned silence in the first half of of the game i don't think anyone was willing to cheer that much out of just to you didn't want to upset this thing whatever it was you know if it was going to spontaneously like blow out the warriors um and then that obviously didn't happen but <laughs> so it was like even in the most exciting moments it was like a library in there it was very interesting yeah i mean and you know to be honest it was so many warriors fans we were sitting next to a, a a father and son that I wouldn't even know if they were Warriors fans. They were just Kevin Durant haters, like, mm. you know, like they try to be yelling at him that he needs to be better. And that was their only yeah. motivation. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, again, like the sort of the best possible outcome besides a win for that Warriors game, if you went to it at all, was that it was competitive enough, which it was that Curry, Durant, and Clay Thompson played. And, you know, I think the one like takeaway, the one actual basketball takeaway was the one guy who was actually upset that they were losing to the Nets was Durant. It didn't I mean, he was visibly angry that, that his team was performing at the level that they were performing. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, whatever that means, if 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 his personality is sort of fits more with Draymond than it does Curry and Thompson, I think that makes sense. But mm-hmm. uh again, the Nets like looked good enough against the best team in the NBA. And I think yep. that that's a theme that we'll have going forward. Brian. So let's so let's let's just jump right into it. I mean, what what can be our expectations going forward? I'm going to just jump into what you got. You have your you have your three things that you want to talk about, right? All right. So we have this is how we'll do a format, and you can do it at home if you want as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do pull a piece of paper and a pencil and play at home. Play at home. Tweet at us as you're doing it. Uh, three biggest revelation surprises. Thoughts. Then the two biggest disappointments, and the one thing you're watching going forward. You can tell there's a nice, beautiful sequence that we have going down here. Um, mm-hmm. The three biggest revelation surprises, Brian, do you have any or do you want me just to roll? You roll. I'll, I'll come up with them as I go. Okay. Um, I'll just go quickly here. Sean Kilpatrick has to be like the biggest surprise. Awesome. Great. Fantastic revelation. This is all not, doesn't have to be positive, but mine are, of course. Um, mm-hmm. He's the second best player on the team. I don't think like there's really no question about that because Lynn hasn't played. He is, because of his contract, uh, a trade asset for sure, because any contender could want him and could get him for nothing in terms of in terms of salary. And without him, I don't think the Nets would have won more than two games this year because he's been mm-hmm. that – he has been the second-best player on the team. And he's he's played well enough that it's proven that he's at least a rotational guard on any team. Um, and the Nets have him for less than a million dollars a year, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, nice one. Nice one, Mike. Off to a good start. Thank you. Uh, Brooke, as a fully rounded player, I think that's, you know, Brian, we've talked about this so many times is last year specifically, the problem with Brooke was that he would never, he couldn't pass out of double teams and he would just get all, get all alligator armed. Did, did you see that one pass that he had? Um, it was against the Bulls the other night and he had been double teamed and he rifled a one handed rocket across the court. Um, you you have not seen that ever in his repertoire. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you know, like that for the longest time, even a guy five feet away from him when he when Brooke was in a double team, someone's five feet away from him wide open, he just couldn't figure it out. He couldn't like that wouldn't compute in his head. There would whatever binary system is in his head, the zero would be disappeared and it would be gone. And that <laughs> that language doesn't exist now. It does. I don't know. Such an odd. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now I don't know what what's the credit. Who gets the credit for Brook? Suddenly, I mean, he's not a phenomenal passer. He's not Marcus All, but he's you know he's become a three point shooter and an adequate passer when he was neither of those things uh, before the season began. So I think that's that's Brook as a fully rounded player mm-hmm. uh, is an important development so far this year. Can I just be co signing on these other ones and then and then <laughs> and then you, you, yeah <laughs> and then do the disappointments or something? Yeah. Um, sure. And the last one is, and so we sort of talked about this, but com- competitiveness. Surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, because the talent level on this team was so low uh, going in that it wouldn't have been shocking if they were worse than the Sixers when they were at their worst. Um, but they, in fact, are competitive. They The Bulls game was a disaster at the end, but, you know, the, and the Bulls aren't a great team, but they're much more talented than the Nets. And the Nets have developed enough of a team ethic out there that they're going to be 
either they're going to be competitive or get blown out. It's going to be either those two. And when they get blown out, again, I don't watch them. So I'm only seeing competitive basketball <laughs> for the most part. How can you tell when they're about to get blown out? Because sometimes, you know, they bring it back. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of game one against Boston. So there's I still hold a torch, you know, a lot of the time. I'll, I'll be checking, you know, when things start to go really south, like in the Cleveland game, I, I know that that's that that's fine. Um, I can lay that to rest. But if they're if they're, you know, hanging around with I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do you, no, do you, does no, that they, happen to you at all? I mean, I'm they, not going to get caught had, by surprise. They've had some come, like some slight comebacks where they get back into competitiveness, and I'll dive back in. But what, what specifically with this team because they're so bad on defense, it's you could tell pretty early that okay, this game is is just over. I mean, how that, do you explain that in just general like basketball uh, lexicon? Like, what, how how what, like how can we avoid that as often as possible? How does a team that's has is, is constructed this way? You know, how do we avoid that more nights than than we do now? How do you avoid getting blown you out of play, basketball play, games? Play coach right now. You've played GM quite a bit this season. Can you play coach a little bit for me? What? How do we avoid getting blown just, out of games? Yeah, just like immediate blowouts. Like because it doesn't happen that often, but they have been pretty um, grotesque blowouts when they do happen. It, it's it's a simple thing of where the Nets' margin of error on offense is so small that if they're not hitting all, everything on offense and then they're giving below average defense that it's done mm -hmm. their margin of error because the lack of talent is so small how would you change it i mean there's a little i mean you know there's literally it's nothing just, it's just odds doing. we're just playing you're taking a lionel holland stance on this huh yeah it's like it's, it's just we're playing odds here <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's just gonna play itself out and you it's not surprising when you know they play cleveland or the clippers or whoever and it's just it's just gone it's a way it's off-running train and again you know they they i I'm fine with that as a fan. I can I can watch and then just let it go away. So it doesn't bother me. I know that's not the best basketball take, but that's kind of how I feel. Brian, you sure. got disappointments. Um, I mean, the obvious one is is just the, you know, we have a young team. You hope they don't get hurt all the time. And we seem to be banged up pretty regularly. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it because, you know, people are going to, I'm going to awaken the, the army, but Jeremy Lin uh, outside of his injury concerns, has has shown glimpses, but he hasn't had that real like you know where it's you know he plays twenty game twenty minutes a game here and there, and you can round those numbers up to his per thirty six and be like, yeah, this is a great game he's just had, but there hasn't been that thirty point breakout game that I would really really want to see at some point. No, so and you know going into the year we talked about that if Lynn was out. This team would be a disaster, which they haven't been. He's only started nine games this year. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not an injury-prone player, but this year he's been injured for sure. He's got to be the biggest disappointment. You know, some people want to defend players who are injured and say there's no way they could be disappointments because they're injured. They're 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 something outside of themselves has taken themselves out of the game essentially, something that they really mm -hmm. couldn't control. But I don't know, Lynn's but You don't you don't feel that way. You factor that in. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're going to just talk disappointments, he's a disappointment. It's got he has to be a disappointment. You're, you don't even know what you just did. You don't. You're 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 about to get bring doxed. it on. I can I can tell you right now. You're bring about it. to get doxed. Just so you know, everyone, I I I don't factor that in. I think I you know it's a disappointment. It's just it's I know Jeremy that it has it. Jeremy Lin. Jeremy my hammy Lin. Oh, that's, that's Mike. You you're just done. You're dead. Jeremy moons um, over my hammy buddy. Lin. Um, but yeah, so that's, the hamster. You know, Sorry. That's that's a disappointment of of a certain kind. Um yeah, I don't know. What do you have one? Um and then I think the only other, you know, so there's no one else of real consequence on this team. You could be kind of disappointed that Levert's not better. Um but he's so young and still got a lot of time. Still got lots of baking to do on that front. But don't. RHJ is my number yeah, that's 2 the, that's disappointment. That's the next obvious one. I didn't want to I didn't want to steal it from you if you're going to get to it. Yeah. I mean it's you know, he's basically the same player as last year. Uh, last year, he, you know, he had a bad rookie year because he's hurt for most of the year. He was on a bad team. His field goal percentage is down this year. Um, he's looked a little bit more assertive and a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, assert, assert, like being assertive has not been his problem so much. He seems like maybe he's being a little overly assertive, <laughs> if, if you could, if you could say it. Sure. Um, but. 
So, yeah, I mean, his uh, Kenny Atkinson had a great line when in reference to Justin Hamilton's recent shooting woes, uh, which you had a, a solid tweet about that. That got some love, uh, which Thanks, I was excited Brian. to see for you, Mike. I'd love to see when your tweets take off. Um, Thank you. But <laughs> his, his, this doesn't feel like a compliment, but it, I'll take it as such. Oh, it was. It's totally. Uh, it's like I don't. I don't have tweet Twitter vocabulary locked in. I've been. I've been looking at it a lot lately because of you know the post election life. I'm just trying to understand like what the hell this whole monster Twitter monster is. Um, it's still kind of lose me. But anyways, um, Kenny Atkinson was talking about Justin Hamilton's shooting woes, and his response to uh, that was, you know, when you're in a shooting slump, uh, best thing you can do to get your way out of it is defend and rebound. Which I thought was, you know, it's a smart thing to say, uh, and, it, and it applies doubly for for a person like Rondé, um, who who makes a lot of good decisions up until he's about to shoot the basketball. Very, uh, he, he it's almost as though it's good enough for him to get the ball near the basket. It seems like he's 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 when he's trying to finish, he doesn't put the focus in all the way to really you know, bank the shot in in the necessary ways. Does that feel? No, I think that I thought I had the exact same thought. I don't know if it was in the Bulls game or the Hornets game. Whenever yeah. it was, he did. He had like a breakaway layup in a way, but there's a defender kind of trailing him. And you could tell mm-hmm. he just wanted to throw it against the backboard. That was yeah. what it was going <laughs> to happen. Um, yeah. I thought the exact same thing. It's also because that's how I play basketball, but yeah, um, yeah. You're just like if I can get it, if I can get it to hit the rim, nobody's gonna make fun of me. That's that's what you think. Which it, which is even like Rondé usually has shown like some level of savviness around the hoop, uh, but he's shooting below forty percent for a guy who really doesn't shoot threes and is basically trying to go to the hole and just put something up. That's pretty horrible. Um, you know, like usually like when guys have shooting problems, I mean, the funny thing is he's shooting like something like 74% from the line. So mm-hmm. I know that's not a direct translation, but you would think if he could shoot that well from the line, he could maybe have a little bit of a mid range game, but he's just so awkward offensively that it's just tough for him to do anything. And I think it just, it leads to, you know, is he, he's not lost, you know, it's the second year he could become better. He's obviously talented, but like, is he going to be on a Sean Marks team when Sean Marks has no essential loyalty for the guy? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. And maybe, maybe he's like the, the second piece of a bigger deal that the Nets want to make that he, they, they throw in RHJ to be a part of a, a bigger deal. Um, which kind of goes into my last point, Brian. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm going to be watching going forward is what type of trades this team will make. Oh my god, don't. (laughs) It's gotta be the number one thing. It has to be the, at this point, Uh, it's either that trade possibilities or watching the young guys grow. And the young guys grow is boring. Before we get into what you're going to do, because I already know, can I just, can I just say we need to celebrate Randy Foy's game winning shot before it's too late? Yes. Um, and also I think we may have specifically said, you will literally never hear an announcer scream Randy Foy's <laughs> name. We did say that, didn't we? <laughs> I think we did. I think that may have been the most incorrect we've ever been about anything. Um, because Randy Foy really did it. He did it, man. I could tell, honestly, I was so happy for that guy. Like that, he, that was such he, a pure reaction from the whole team because dude, his, everyone his, likes Randy Foy. His post game interview, he was, he was euphoric. It was, he was really on another plane. I mean, of, of happiness. It's it's almost like if they were making a movie about the NBA veteran who's on his last <laughs> legs, and then he does that, but that'd be the because like, Foy Foy could even break the lineup. He's been playing a little bit more after that shot, but he couldn't break the lineup on this team that's not very good. Um, but he always like I know this is a small doses, but whenever there's cutaways to the bench and guys are coming back and they maybe did something like Rondé did something of a stupid. He would be there to talk to them. You know, you can see that even, and they, and Kenny Atkinson talks about what he is as a player. So it's so awesome that he's the dude, he's the last guy who you want to have the ball there. And he hits mm-hmm. this just like this goofy fadeaway. So stupid. His, it's feet, crazy his feet are just off completely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then 
<clears throat> I've been I've been obsessively watching the last couple of minutes of that Bulls game, just looking for all the missed calls. I can tell you, it's <laughs> it's it's killing me inside. That that's what you're going with. You're going with that's what refs, dude, refs blame it on the refs. Uh, well, that's what I always. Uh, you you may have noticed that that's a common theme. Um, but in this case, I mean the the Booker out of bounds thing drives me crazy. I don't know. In, in those types of instances where like you don't have a good look at it, and it really doesn't, it, like it doesn't have. Like it's so obvious that the guy just has the ball in his hands. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand refs that make those types of calls. I just don't get them. I don't, they're meddlesome. They're meddlesome people by nature. Yeah, I still think it's like that thing was just bad offensive possessions, and Jimmy sure. Butler hits some pretty crazy big shots. Yeah, no, of course. And also they had like Boyan, I think, guarding Jimmy for that last shot, which is probably not what they wanted to be doing. Though I didn't see if there was a, a play of some kind designed to get Boyan to guard him. I don't know. But that yeah, seemed like an But they but they do do that, and I'll give Boyan credit. I mean, maybe this will be like the Zach Lowe, 10 things I like and don't like thing. But like Boyan isn't a good defender, but he is a willing defender. He does try to guard you know the best the other team's best player at least the wing player he does it a lot i mean he's not awful um i know i think ronde house jefferson was on the floor i don't know who he was on at that time he may have been trying to take the ball away from miritich what did you make of that whole miritich rhj thing what who who's the bigger jerk in reality miritich is the bigger jerk sure. Any, okay anyone yes. trying to grab anything out of anyone's hands is always an annoying little booger that's i i, I hate Perfect. that kind of behavior don't you think i don't know no no that's it's a, and and he took it way over the line when rhj turned his back and he reached his other arm around to grab the ball and i mean it was like it was a weird it was a weird sort of like childish move kind of on both parts but ronde is just like whoa man like i'm just on the bench and you're invading our little space right here i don't know what you're thinking yeah I mean, and if you're going to go to the to the books, I think uh, who was it? It was the the play by play guys were talking about how like in like in actuality you're supposed to give it to the ref, and I know that nobody were like really so so they still have the the letter of the law behind them for for else. But I really do that that especially when a guy comes over that confidently after a play where he was kind of pushing Booker out of out of bounds seemed like a pretty odd no call again there i don't like this is just gonna keep coming up i'm sorry no i didn't know uh, I, I i mean that was a horrible i don't know how that wasn't a call on yeah. meritich he he knocked booker out of bounds i don't know what i mean Damn. i get that yeah i mean th- 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 there's nothing more that needed to be done there besides calling a foul did you see the the ariza uh mavs thing i didn't on? i didn't see it i just read the headline so what give me what you saw so it's hard to know it's hard to obviously it's it was purely verbal, which was actually it was kind of refreshing to see a purely verbal fight that was taken that that seriously. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't there isn't any knowing. Basically, Ariza claims that he said some like hugely offensive things about his family who were in attendance, and um, and which is obviously uh, God, what's his name? I can't even remember his name now. Um, the other guy in the the Mavs. Yeah, what's his name? God, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because he's a nobody, right? Isn't he uh, not? Majory, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? He's yeah, not a good player. Um, anyways, and who he like he you know vehemently de- denies saying anything like this, which you may or may not be the case. Rewatched it. it, appears to be some very stinging venom at the end of his words there. Um, but but yeah, then apparently Ariza just took it to the mattresses and was ready to just kill him in the locker room. Um, which I but, love. But, you know what? <laughs> like, like awesome. You know, like you like that, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm anti NBA trash talk. You like that Jerry Stackhouse approach? Yeah, just go right at him. Don't, don't even, because NBA fights are so lame. Normally, besides yeah. the malice in the palace, it's just so lame. Go right at him. You know, you, if, you want, if you're going to have an altercation, you want it to be the kind where people get suspended for 70 games at a time. You oh. want a, a debacle of epic proportions. Is yeah, because I'm, I'm a headlines guy. I like the yeah. headlines. Did you, yeah. did you see, this was on uh, Deadspin recently, uh, Miami played West Virginia in a bowl game. Did you see the bathroom brawl that happened? No, no, I didn't. Ooh, baby. It was a beaut. It was one punch, but it was awesome. Were, uh, there, were there any swirlies going on? Uh, no, there I mean, I won't even say the line that the guy said. Have you seen Roadhouse? Yeah, but I don't remember all the lines. <laughs> so there's a line where the guy, so West Virginia fan, shaved head goatee, you know, big old dude, country dude. Mm-hmm. He has 
when you later find out he has uh, a one leg, he's amputated from the knee down. So you, I don't know. So typically, you you wouldn't want to like tough guy looked like a tough guy. Okay, sure. And then sure. there was a Miami fan behind him. What you could pick up from the video, there's clear video of this. It's excellent. Um, thank you, TMZ Sport, for this. Is uh, <laughs> the Miami fan was trying to cut the West Virginia fan in line for the urinal. The West Virginia fan took exception to that and started screaming at him. You know, so they're yelling, 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 yelling. Jesus. And then he says something like, uh, the West Virginia fan says, like, something like, something, just get away, get out of the line. The Miami fan goes to punch him, but slaps him basically in the face. The guy in the goatee and bald head in the West Virginia fan doesn't even move, doesn't even flinch. Mm-hmm. The guy, the Miami fan, runs out. And as the West Virginia guy, so he's like walking after him. And as he's walking after him, he says, I used to F guys like you in prison. Do you remember that line? Oh, oh my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. That's it's how, been a while since I watched Ray House. That's how we went after him. I mean, it was, wow. it was, I'll send it to you. It was, it was he, went, he went psycho. He just went, I'm, I'm a complete psychopath. Yeah. That's where, I mean, that's what I am. And, yeah. and again, back to me, if someone cuts me in the bathroom line, Probably just going to let it happen. Please, but by all means, this yeah. is enough. I mean, could a bathroom at a sports game be any more humiliating as as is? Do you need? Do we really need to be vying for yeah for this yeah this barnyard experience? Like, why why is it that in the you know first world this developed nation are we peeing in troughs in rows like monsters? What is going on here? Can't can can it, can we just get all stalls? And can the stalls go down all the way to the feet? Like, what's going on here? Well, you know. And and it's like so we went to Syracuse and they had the troughs there as you said I, they were, I mean the, the, the horrible. I think that's the next inter- so each stadium generation we get the next innovation of something. So one it was sweets, then it was yeah. the food choices. The next stadium innova- innovation is going to be just beautiful immaculate bathrooms that people will actually want to be in. Yeah. That's yes. where we're going to be. That's that's the selling point that I would I would be <laughs> going to a whole lot more games that I would get. And why also, if God forbid you actually do have to use a stall, and you're you're sitting, and they've got like two inches of clearance between the door and the and the hinge, so that everyone can see inside and out. Like what? Oh, I hate you had this experience. Yeah, and then <laughs> you're you can like you like as you walk by, you can see the eyeballs of the yeah. people, and you're like, this <laughs> is you're making eye contact through the stall gap between the hinge and the door it's like when a dog's pooping on the street and is just staring at people on the street and you're like okay i gotta break the gaze real quick uh by the way quick quick uh nets update and this is not public so this is new information coming to you right here you ready for this yes please so how we got the warriors tickets was that i got a five game package and i got reached out to by the nets not knowing that i was such a you know such an influential member of the nets fan society Um, Wow. That said that they're going to be offering next season um, a deal where essentially something like if you got the five game package, you could get the 11 game package, 11 games for the same price. Mm-hmm. So they're going to they're going to basically That's it. They're, they're just going to take they're just going to have the prices. They're just going to say if you so I paid fifty five dollars ticket. OK, yeah. you could get 11 games for the same price that I paid five. And then I just I just want to put that out there for people to be aware of. If they're looking to get Nets tickets, they're going to be cheap nice. next year. They're going to be we super should, cheap. Uh, we should try to sling some of those. We'll get a little side hustle going on here. Did you see um, the uh, the Bucks have a thing where they have the 10-win package? You get to keep going until you see 10 wins. Really? Yeah, isn't that genius? God, the Nets should – well, if the Nets the did Bucks, that. The Bucks have just been crushing the PR and and just design games for a while. I really like their new, their new uniforms, their new colors and everything. Apparently, did you see that Jägermeister, Jägermeister was, was going after them? It's like, what? Like, what is are the that? only people that can have a deer head? There's got to be yeah. 500 jerky companies with that same, that same logo. Um, okay. One thing to watch going forward, what type of trades this team will make. Brian. Yes. It has to be the number one thing going forward. It has to be the main look, thought. Look, like I said, there's a 50% contingency that cannot stand to listen to trade talk, and then the other 50% that says we're insane to not be talking about trades, and we have to talk about trades. So, like, what are we gonna what are we gonna do, guys? What are no, we gonna do? And I'm not even saying we have to talk about trades. I'm just saying, if I'm a fan of this team, yes, I'm watching how the young guys develop. That's boring. Okay, what are you gonna watch? How he, I don't know, Karis Avert handles a, a a switched out double team on whatever. Yeah, Who cares? that's you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, no. no. What we care about is whether Brooke will get traded and if any of the oh other. Oh my God. And you got to go right after that one too. You got to go right for the jugular. That's all that people care about, Brian. That's what no. my people are telling me. Oh, Lord. 
and uh, whether you know any of the other like Boyan or Foy or Scola, any of these dudes can get you a second round pick. Maybe Boyan gets you, you know, something even a little bit juicier than a second round pick. That's what I'm going to be interested in finding out how this team, Sean Marks and management, will handle the rest of the season going forward. That's what I want to know about Brian. That's what I'm going to be watching for going forward. Cool, cool. Um, <clears throat> that kind of that kind of takes me to another question. That w- I'm just going to go right into the fan mail stuff. We're just going to intersperse all the stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. This is from GNYR. Who? Who? Uh, this is. I like this one. He said, "Let's say your your son, Mike. You have a son, right? Yeah. Makes makes the NBA Five. and is playing the team you root for in the NBA finals. Mike, for you, it's the Wizards. Brian, for you, it's the Nets. Up to this point." The team you root for has not won a title in your lifetime. It's game seven, five seconds to go, and your son's team is down by one. He has the ball in his hands. His shot goes up. Who are you rooting for, your son or your team? <laughs> I mean, do, we, do what would you say? I think oh, it's man. funny. A, but... a theoretical son. Um, oh, man. I mean, do I approve of my son's life decisions? Can I Have I disowned him yet? Um, that's, sure. I have to factor that, all those things in. That's no, I true. Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um I think probably I'd be pretty into my son's team. I think you got it. I think you got to be into your son's team. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have a black lab puppy, and like, I don't know. Like, if it does well in dog training class, I am beaming for the week. Like that is a big. I'm my so Lord. yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm. You. You need. We need to get you some better stimuli. <laughs> There's got. We got to get you a, a PlayStation or something. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh. No. Son's team, but. Interesting question. If your son was on your favorite team and then they hit the game winning shot, that'd be freaking dope. Um, so let me parlay your uh, Brooke Lopez thing. This is this is from a, a email from a couple of days ago that I that I wanted to get to um, from your boy Jack Clark. So he's going to talk to you about trading Brooke Lopez. We're going to you say yes or no. All right, we don't for, for all those people that don't you like plug up your ears and take five seconds. It says uh, <clears throat> first of all, he's from Australia. That's that's pretty cool. What do you think about that? Thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for shouting us out. <laughs> um, so he says, enter Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks, trade Brooke along with Bogey, um, get Dwight Powell, Seth Curry, Majiri, and uh, Bogut, pay him out, and get an unprotected first-round pick this year. Wow. This way, the Mavericks. Here's his explanation. This way, the Mavericks can try and be competitive with Brook and Bogey, and obviously pair D Will and Brook again. That 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 went so well, and we can get a lottery pick and a deep draft. We can concentrate on developing young talent for the rest of the year, and not worry about sucking without a draft pick in our back pocket. No, I like it, and I think people are saying Bogut has value. So I don't know if the Mavs would Mavs would need to include Bogut for money deals uh, with Brook's contract, but. Uh... I like it. I like any first round pick from a team that's really not that good. Uh, that means the Nets would be get drafting between, you know, 14 and then also they get the Celtics pick, I believe, right? The Nets swap with the Celtics this year. So, uh, yes. So they also have, that'd be two first round picks. Sean Marks, two chances to grab dudes, get the Knicks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think so. Um, so the Draft Express has it as at 23 right now. Yeah. So. There, I, this, I mean, I've been saying this draft, what do I know? But is sounding awesome. You just watch college basketball. There's so many freshmen that are doing awesome, super duper things. I want Lonzo Ball. He's not going to be there, but I want him so badly. So that's how I feel. Yeah, totally. I like that trade enough. And also, if you actually could get Bogut, then you can maybe get rid of him for something else. So that'd mm-hmm. be interesting. And then I'm just going to tie this together with Cherboy. Manny Martinez and guys, I'm gonna give you proper John Cena rollouts next week. I swear to God, I, this has been this has been a terrible. Last week when I went over to Mike's, we had net income on, so we couldn't we couldn't do the drops for everybody. But you know, um, yeah. Quick plug: if you didn't listen to our net income interview, listen to it. There's a lot of yeah, good stuff. Maybe our only evergreen episode ever, yeah. uh, or at least for a couple months. Um, but yeah, do do listen to it. Um, anyway, so Manny Martinez, cheer boy. Uh, thanks for hitting us up as always. Um, quick, who do you think? is still going to be on the roster going into next season. I'd say the only person who really has a like pretty ironclad no trade, not I mean not not actually no trade clause, but I think Jeremy Lin is the only untouchable player at this point. Agreed? Mostly agreed, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to trade any like Whitehead or Lavert because there's I mean, right. you're not but yeah, in terms of the the non-rookies 
Yeah, but I like think... if they have another trade in the pipe and they're like, we're not making moves until we throw in Whitehead, they're like, okay, fine, whatever, chuck in Whitehead. I mean, I don't know. I don't think from I think from a marketing perspective, they would not want to trade Lynn, obviously. But I mean, he's an asset. His contract's not that bad, and if he actually plays basketball one of these days, uh, he could be worth something to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Oh, and and one more. Sorry, this is your boy Martin Ramos. Uh. Talk about Dukes, Grayson Allen. You've probably watched a fair bit of him. Yeah, totally. Love him. Hate him. You do. You love and hate him. He says, I like him. He's kind of evil, nasty. Um, he's also, he's evil, but he's also kind of petulant, you know? It's a brand of evil that I'm not sure I'm totally on board with yet. Well, I may he's, have to watch it a little bit. I don't want to, I mean, it's, he's just, <clears throat> is the perfect Dukey. He's like, we hated JJ, people hated JJ Reddick because he was just really good, you know, but Grayson Allen is just like the if you were to draw up a Duke villain, the sort of like the eighties ski movie like villain rich white kid guy, he is that guy, but just he just plays basketball. I mean, the most recent incident, he was tripping a guy from Elon. Yeah. You know, this wasn't like this high pressured situation. This kid cannot help himself. He's like Draymond Green. Draymond Green kicks people because he that's how his body reacts. He gets it's, it's, mad. His, it's a, yeah, it's in his genes. It's in his blood. And it's in Grayson Allen's, like, just DNA to do dumb stuff and try to, like, injure people. And, you know, also I kind of enjoy that. So that's fine. Sports. Sorry, I didn't mean to do this, but going to go tie up together some some last text messages from from our text sphere. This is Mike from Astoria. He says, love the pod. We love you, Mike from Astoria. Thank you, Mike. Um, Says, quick question. What do you think is better for young players' development, a big role on a terrible team or a more limited role on a good team? He says specifically Rondé and Levert should be should be close. And obviously playing time is important, but do you think losing culture stunts a player's growth and development? So I think it's actually it's it's very specific to each player's talents. I think if Rondé had a limited role on a good team, it would be way better for him. Whereas <clears throat> Levert, who is like a more at least in in theory, or at least at, you know at at today's eye test, a more offensively capable player. Having a bigger role on a crummy team is probably better for him. Agreed? Totally agree. Um, cool. I mean, like Rondé, you could imagine being a Kawhi Leonard type, <clears throat> being on a good team, developing slowly, learning how to shoot the basketball, and it working <laughs> out. Um, he's really not made to be ball handler extraordinaire, scorer extraordinaire on a bad team. And you're right about Levert. I think Whitehead, it, it, so a guy like Whitehead benefits from having the ball. Like, I think if you're a guard who, it is working on ball handling and trying to control a team. It works on being a bad team because you get the ball. If you're sort of a wing player who's really not that good at shooting, it doesn't really help to be shooting games because you're just you're going to keep missing, and then no one wants to give you the ball in those situations. Yeah, um, yeah. So I actually, yeah. I it, but if I had to choose between the two, I would, I'd rather be on a bad team and developing on a bad team, and just just trying to to figure my way out. That's what I would rather do. Mm. Uh, I got another one from your boy Carl. He says, first of all, what's the theme song at the end of the pod? Um, which is, we have a couple, um, but the one you most... probably, yeah, the one we use it most often is Through the Fire of Dragon Force song that somebody um, uh, did a remix of in Mario Paint um, that I got on YouTube, and it's called Through the Fire and Flame, I believe. Yeah, it's... A, it's is that it, Mike? No, yeah, it is. Because yeah. I asked you about it, because it's on my treadmill rotation, but I never knew what the song was called. <laughs> so the, the Mario Paint version of it? Yeah, yeah. Well, just no like way. part of it. Like I play like thirty seconds of it sometimes, just because yeah. it's like it's just a, a energy booster for sure. Yeah. Too funny. Um, and then he says, "How about some kind of Kilpatrick plus Foy to the Cavs for Mo Williams in this year's first and the draft rights to Seti Osman?" Um, sure, draft talk. I mean, trade talk. Everyone loves it. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to go through it as fast as possible so that you don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about the, the foreign guy would have to be the, the point of it because you wouldn't want the 32nd pick in the draft. You'd rather just have the first second round pick of it. You know, he just doesn't make sense. Sadi so, so Osman is the Turkish dude. Uh, but I don't know. Are we waiting for Juan Pablo, uh, Valle to, to come away? What's the, why am I so bad with names right now? Yeah. You know I mean, it's because I haven't been talking to anybody for, um, for three days now, I've been holed up in my room because you've been you've been away on work vacation, I guess. Work's yeah, been pretty out. much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, the... I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not, 
I would not do that. I would I mean, just because you don't want to just get a first round pick. I mean, you have to look at where the first round pick is, and it doesn't make any sense to give away. I mean, Boyan's you know could be gone, um, but I would I would look elsewhere. I would try to get something else for Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, that was Kilpatrick. That Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But cool. I would I would hold on to show because I think Kilpatrick has one more year in his deal, right? So, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. super cheap, and he's your second best player. Yeah, I just wasn't too. It. He's just too damn cheap at this point to get rid of. Um. um all right. Well, that was that, Mike. Sorry, I probably interrupted you like five hundred times there, but you know, I just kept realizing that there's other these little places where I, we stow away, uh, you know, questions and comments and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, um, I really don't like talking. So. So the it. the number, by the way, six four six five nine eight seven five five four. We got to think of what that. We got to break down a what, what that could be. What kind of number combination? You know, words like we'll, we'll do it later. Yeah, we need to do that. Um, you want to do news around the league? Yeah, of course. I mean, are you gonna hit the drop? You're not. You're probably not, right? No, I'll hit, I'll hit the drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you got? I'll hit it. It's the news. All right, go, go. Um, news around the league. Okay. Mm-hmm. So George Carl, this George, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I know. I've been loving this. I got to get the book. He's going to sell so many books with this. Okay. So that's the question. So, okay. So George Carl is on the longest leakiest pre book publishing tour in recent memory. Um, the latest is, and this wasn't even in the book. He, and I'm not really, again, I, I'm going to be real honest here. I'm not sure why people are upset about this. But the latest one is about Damian Lillard that he was in an interview with, I think, New York Magazine, George Carl was, and he was asked why the Blazers are worse this year than last. Really, I'm not sure why New York Magazine was asking that to George Carl, but, you know, he was an ESPN analyst and maybe the writer is a fan of the Blazers, I guess. But um, he says he doesn't – that uh, Damian Lillard is – in his selfishness has to be the reason why the Blazers are worse this year because Terry Stotts is a good coach. And it wouldn't be Terry Stotts' fault, but it has to be Damon Lillard's. And then, like, so somehow that became a story. And then it became a story that Lillard and Terry Stotts both, uh, you know, had to react to it in some way. They're saying, you know, they're doing the whole thing. Like, they don't, he doesn't know me. Why would he be talking about that? But my, like, okay. My general thing about this, though, is that, like, isn't this just, like, this is not, like, an intriguing or upsetting take. The fact that Damian Lillard is maybe messing with the balance of this team. And he's just making it in some interview, but yeah. yet why is there a reaction to it? This is a normal well, take that you find on ESPN a thousand times a day. Sure. I mean, it's in the wake of, uh, you know, he should be on an apology tour after yeah. basically writing about Kenyon Martin's, like, oh my God. not having a, a like functional family. <laughs> like, How awful is that? That's <laughs> pretty insane. I mean, okay, so here's... So you've talked a little bit about your your personal deal. Uh, I'll, I'll go in, you know, full disclosure. So my day job is that I work at a literary agency here in the city. And so as an as an NBA fan, I shudder at, at what he's saying. But as a, you know, a person who who sells books, uh, ostensibly, um, I'm very impressed. Very impressed with this strategy. This you think? Thing. Do you think this sells books? Okay. So what we're talking about here. It doesn't not sell books. I'll say that. Okay. Because. So this is my thinking as a normal person. So what what they'll do, and you you can t- speak to this probably better than me, but if someone has a book that's a biography, autobiography of some kind, and their life was interesting, they'll leak details about their life to be like, oh hey, this person's writing a book, and this is going to be in it, right? So yeah, it's sort Here's of the, the thing. Yeah. Those those books, okay, so basketball books or just sports books in general don't have a great you know, track record, not, not necessarily great, great or automatic sellers. Um, especially a George Carl book, unfortunately, you know, right. like the ninth winningest coach is not going to be a hot seller unless you stir the pot a little bit. If you get out there, get your name out in the news for saying some, some outrageous things, some just socially <laughs> ignorant, just <laughs> yeah. awful things about guys that, that made you millions of dollars, you know, like that, that helped you People think of you as a Hall of Fame coach, or I don't know if he is yet, but people have talked about him being, you know, like he got credit for taking Mello and Chauncey Billups and Kenny Martin and all those guys in the Nuggets to, I think it was the conference finals. That was on his resume. And then he's just burying these guys. Do you, So 
the central. Look, we're talking beef. about we're talking about his book on the podcast. That's all I'm saying. It's you know it's it's the old uh, Gene Simmons. Uh, you know, there's there's no bad press or whatever. Um, I, I think, think that's, that's Donald Trump, by the way. <laughs> yes, that one was. Um, okay, so if you don't know, and and jump in if I'm kind of going astray here. Sure. What he said, what George Carl said in his book, and this has been out for I think a week now, but it happened over the holidays, so it's sort of everyone's fuzzy. Um, he basically said that the reason why he didn't get along with Mello and Kenny Martin is because they grew up fatherless. And no, then, no, he, well, he was saying that about Kenny Martin and J.R. Smith. He said, no, about, no, J.R. Smith had J.R. Smith had no. Oh, what he wait. said about J.R. Smith was that J.R. didn't grow up fatherless. He has a dad, but his dad told him to shoot all the time, and that obviously didn't help. Which is just Lord. like whoa. Going right to the- <laughs> Going right to the father figures, right to the to the patriarchal figure of the house. Um, the, what, what did he say specifically about Carmelo? No, he said. Well, there's a lot of things he said about Carmelo. Was that he he doesn't want to share the limelight? That he's a selfish person? That he right. uses people? But he also then said within his diatribe about Kenyon Martin not having a father, and that he, he mentions. Oh my God! That he mentions that that Kenyon Martin's mother. Something about how Ken Martin's mother didn't really protect him as a child in some way. I mean, is essentially what he said, oh um, which is just like. Could you what imagine, like the, the one time that you were like reveal any personal information to your coach, who's George Carl, who's just like doesn't care about you, and then it just ends up in a book ten years later? I know, and that's Brutal. what. We're, so that's what's kind of excellent about what we're finding out. George Carl's venom towards for his former players, but like, so he's being paid to write a book that's honest. So he he's doing that job. And now we're getting the side benefit of all this stuff coming out is that Kenny Martin now is also super honest about George Carl, about how he'd walk through the locker room, not talk to anyone. He would talk down to every player. And that's sort of what you would imagine, a, you know, a jerk coach to kind of be like. And we're mm-hmm. like, this is what, like, who's the jerk, jerk coaches right now in the NBA that like are treating their players like this? But it's whole, I mean, again, what he said about Melo was about the selfishness. And he also said about not really having a father figure and, it's just like, whoa, man! It's it, mm. it it it's the it's not even implied. It's in a it's just insulting, essentially the two players' mothers who did raise them because you're basically saying they weren't raised well. Um, you know, <laughs> one pretty, reason, pretty outrageous. Which is like, you know, kind of bold and awesome that he's willing to just villainize. Like this will now be his legacy. I don't know what the book's going to be like. I mean, I'm excited to see. Um, is this you know? Like there's a history of sports books. The most controversial sports books are usually the ones that are the best sellers. You know, like the ones that go that kind of break the code of the locker room um, are the ones that end up people remembering. People don't remember, you know, the biography of Gene Cady, the Purdue basketball coach, because I'm sure Gene Cady didn't say anything. Um, yeah. People are going to remember this, even though they haven't even read the book, because he's yeah. just throwing people under the bus and just. Oh, it's so awesome. David Foster Wallace uh, has a really good essay about um, reading sports uh, memoirs, uh, and I'll just try to summarize the, the the thesis there. It's that so at the height of all these, so like if Kobe Bryant like writes a memoir or whatever, uh, he's saying that he likes them, but he finds them a little bit vacuous. At the end. There's not like the messages, they, they can't really illustrate what it's like to win at the highest levels or whatever that they a lot of they speak in cliches quite often in these books, which is which is true if you've ever read a couple of these. Um yeah, I mean, and, and, and yeah, I mean, but and, the, and the best sports books are typically written by people who aren't on the teams, like the David well, Halberstam. The, the best books. one is written by Mick Foley, and it's called "Have a Nice Day," and that's that's all. You should all run out and buy it now. Um, just kidding, I've never read that. Um, <laughs> but he, but so, anyways, so he's saying like he theorizes that you know to be to win at the highest uh, levels of any sport, in some ways, you have to you know you're you're on the line for for the game, winning free throws. And you just think to yourself, it has to be one more shot. And then and you have to repeat to yourself cliches and believe in them. And so maybe that colors your thinking just in life. Like maybe in order to like have that kind of supreme confidence, you have to like kind of stand by cliches on a daily basis. Anyways, I, th- I always thought it was a nice bit. Um, and so one last news story for you. Yeah. Um, this is bowl season and we've got us, you know, most stories that come out of bowl season are boring. Bowl season, college football bowl season but the this one is particularly fun and interesting uh jeremy sprinkle is a tight end for the arkansas razorbacks and the arkansas razorbacks are playing in the belk bowl belk is a department store in charlotte north carolina 
And as part of the gift, these teams, the players all get like certain amount of gifts. Depending how good your bowl is, you may get an Xbox. Uh, the players get them or backpacks or whatever stuff. Part of the gift for being in the Belk Bowl was a $450 gift card to the Belk department store. So the Arkansas Razorbacks go. Uh, Mr. Sprinkle uh, <laughs> went with his $450 gift card. Got items with that, but yet tried to shoplift eight other items from the store while him and his whole team were going through and getting the items that they were able to purchase with a $450 gift card. Among the things that he has alleged to have stolen is a Ralph Lauren shirt, a Hmm. Tindori Spice Marl collared shirt, black Nike crew socks, and two wallets. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's just a a particular set of... um, Mm, intelligence that it would take yeah. to do that on a team event where you're in the Belk Bowl and you're going to steal from a Belk department store, but it's just so it's not good. Fun. You know, when you were talking about the Razorbacks, I was reminded of, I was watching New York One News the other day, <clears throat> as I do every day, and uh, they were talking about the naming rights to the new Yankees team and how terrible all the, uh, like, the, oh, yeah, the, what is it? The Staten Island Yankees. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Uh, but they're kind of like the pizza rats and the things like that. Anyways. And, uh, they, as an aside, they were like, and you know, the Mets, uh, their, their family team is called the rumble ponies, yes. which I think we have a podcast named rumble ponies because we were making fun of that as an option, you know, so many months ago. But isn't it the thing that the Staten Island Yankees are not doing it now? Yeah, they're not doing it. They they which, rescinded. Which is, <laughs> which, is which is okay. So, if we're gonna live in this world, we're in this marketing, marketing, marketing world that these these minor league baseball teams are gonna put out there that okay, the internet can choose our team name. Essentially, is what they're letting happen. Mm-hmm. And if we're then gonna live in the world, we're, we're like, okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the stupidity and hilarity and like the look at me attention grabbing aspect of that. I appreciate that. But then, mm-hmm. if we're also then gonna live in that world where they say. You know, we're going to take the attention, but we're not going to take the, I guess, the cost of having the attention. The cost is being having a terrible having a team dumb, name. Having a dumb internet like, name. I'm sorry. Then, then <laughs> can can you burn out of my brain the three seconds that it was wasted about hearing? You know, that's unfair to us as you feel. As you consumers. feel a little cheated. You I feel, feel you, cheated. Well, here's what you do. You do, you know all those Staten Island Yankees games you're going to go through this year. You just don't go. You don't go. That's how you show them. It's you know? bold. That's a bold move. As, if yeah. they have a ticket deal like the Nets, I'll go. <laughs> Yeah, I know you will. Okay, that's it. Hey, that's the pot. is that another one in the can? Another one in the can. Um, um, good stuff, Mike. You were great tonight. Thank you. You were awesome as well, Brian. Uh, we, weird. we, yeah, weird. Uh, so you can check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Of course, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Nets Daily. We're up there as well. Appreciate being up on Nets Daily. Um, it is almost the new year, so hopefully the Nets will be better in 2017. It'll be an interesting year. For sure. Um, Brian, I am rambling. Good, good Lord, can you, Michael. Can you what cut do, me off? Why do you always do this to yourself? I don't know. I, it's like as something's back here, it's, a new, it's going to be a new year. I just know it's going down, going down in flames. I know. That was great. No, you did a great yeah. job. Thanks, Brian. Okay, good night. Hey, good night, everybody. Take care. <laughs> Drive safe. Thanks for listening. 